Good morning, St. Michael's. Please stand. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this day and this opportunity we have every week to start our week here in your presence, Lord. And I pray that as we come before you, that we lay everything down, all of our worries, cares, and burdens, just lay them at your feet. We are tuning out the noise, pressing in to hear your voice. We are rising up and we're shaking off the dust. There's a stirring in the wells, and our hearts are overwhelmed. Let revival come as we're shaking.
Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desire is known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to
Pray together the Colette. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. This morning's first lesson comes from the book of Exodus, beginning in chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 19, beginning in verse 7. We'll read it responsibly by the half verse. Psalm 19, verse 7. 
the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. Who can understand his faults or his errors? Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second lesson comes from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. 
And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said, the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that we can be here this morning. I pray that you would speak this morning by your Holy Spirit to all those who are here and all those who are hearing online. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, I want to start this morning with the gospel lesson. It's uh, one of those interesting readings where the story is about Jesus making a whip and driving people out of the temple. Like, that doesn't happen every day. It's an interesting part of our, um, our gospel tradition. What I want to say mostly about this is that, um, you know, first of all, you know, he's driving out money changers, and he's driving out merchants, he's driving out sheep, he's driving out oxen. And he says, take these things away, do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. In one of the other Gospels, Matthew, what he says is, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. He's intense about this, right? He's mentioned zeal. Now, if I'm looking at this, and I'm sitting here, it's the middle of Lent, and I'm reading this Gospel, if, if I was an allegorical kind of thinker, where I would be looking for a message behind the message here, then I might see something here even more than an accurate recounting of a historical event. Yeah, okay. So, I do. I do see there's something more in that. It's a picture. It's kind of an icon. It's a message to us in the middle of Lent, of what God wants to do in us and in our lives. And I think that especially because of the, uh, because of the psalm. And one of the lines in the psalm, um, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. What, what are those? <laughs> right? 
What are the presumptuous sins? <clears throat> we want to drive out the oxen, and we want to drive out the presumptuous sins. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I'm out on a limb here. You know, uh, elsewhere in Corinthians, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Whom you have received from, you know, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you've seen from, from God. You should take care of it. You should drive out the oxen. And so I'm making this allegorical comparison between this and the presumptuous sins. So what are those things? Brazen, bold, and offensive. It's like the sins in your life that you have no doubt that they're sins. I think that this is also, when we're, when we're looking at this, you can look out in the world, and it's easy, easy in the world to see where they're caught up in something, a lifestyle, an attitude, or whatever it is, and they are defiantly uh, against God's commandments, and they don't care. They're bold, and they're brazen. And what, it, what it's saying in this psalm is, you know, um, um, Take them away. Keep your servant from these presumptuous sins. Don't let them have dominion over me. So that's a, that's a part of our Lenten, Lenten purpose and mission is to, is to pay attention. Are we comfortable in the grace of God to the point where we are ignoring the things that we know we shouldn't be doing? or not doing the things we know we should. Don't let these oxen tumble around in your temple because they are an offense, right? That's what that's a big part of what Lent is about. It's just to pause and do that. Drive out those oxen. Okay, so I want to I want to take that message and think about that a little bit and remind you something that Jesse said last week because he was talking about what is our Lenten vision, message, journey. I think he called it our Lenten journey. And he had these three points. I'm just going to read them through there, but like I have to summarize. But what he said is, learn to love and forgive those around us, even those who despise or reject us. That was one. It's kind of long. Learn to love and forgive those around us. Two, learn to trust God's way even when it's hard. And three, learn to live for the bigger story of the kingdom of God. One, two, three. And I say that as I'm thinking, learn to give grace. We want to give grace in this season of Lent. And we want to stand firm in our faith, even when it's hard. And we want to trust God because His promises are true. And something's happening. Something's happening in the world today, and I want us to be prepared. We need to trust God for the things that are ahead of us. Give grace. Matthew 10.8 says, Freely you have received, freely give. That was a reminder to the disciples. You've been given grace. You've been saved from death and sin and hell. You know, you can afford to cut someone else some slack. <laughs> Fair, right? Even the bad guys, you can afford to give them some grace for all that you've received at the hand of God. Stand firm in your faith. Hebrews 11 is this chapter that is like the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it starts out with this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. God gives us hope, 
and we can hope. He gives us his promises, and we hope in his promises. But he also imparts into us faith, and we need to strengthen our faith. We need to stand in our faith. It's the faith that gives substance to our hope, right? And like this is substance. I don't have a doubt that it's here, right? And that's the same thing with faith. The promises of God become solid. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Is that what it says? Yeah, I'm convinced of things even if I don't see it. I believe. I know. And the third one is I trust God. I trust God. He's got my life in his hands. I have nothing to fear. I want to look at Psalm 37, just a little bit of it. I'm looking at verses 3 through 6. The whole thing is like in the, in the season of COVID, <laughs> it's a good psalm to walk your way through because it, it describes how crazy the world is. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, there is a promise worth holding on to. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. You can trust God to fulfill his promises. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn and your vindication like the noonday sun. All right. <laughs> we are... Uh, we are right now about to celebrate the first anniversary of two weeks to bend the curve, <laughs> right? Two weeks, they said, and here we are a year later. What in the world happened? Well, the world went crazy. That's simple. And we got locked up. I think the response to COVID has been in many ways as bad as the risk that we face with, with the thing itself. And so here we are a year later, and, you know, I think our, our two greatest adversaries in this struggle this year have been fear and loneliness. I was thinking all through the worship this morning of the songs we were singing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I've been set free. I'm trusting in God. And you know what? That's true. And we are. And we're not going to be afraid. And we're not going to be alone. God's moving with us right now. He's, it's crazy. Cause I, I think it's us. I think it's us. I think we trust God so much that we're willing to get together with each other and look at each other and spend time together. I mean, that takes overcoming fear. That takes defying the world. But then I, I drove around San Clemente uh, a little over a week ago and with my wife, and we were, we were trying to find a place where we could, you know, a quiet restaurant away from everyone where we could have dinner. And we drove all through San Clemente, and we couldn't find a place to go. Why? They're all closed? No. San Clemente has gone as crazy as we are. Uh, the, the restaurants had lines, and the seating was closed. <laughs> so it's a challenge. This whole, this whole area is coming up on you know, some kind of change. Change is happening for here, and people are getting this courage. They want their life back. They're willing to take risks, and so are we, because we trust God. We want to see this attack against what's normal, 
We look to God to define for us what is normal life. God has set us free that we might have life and have it abundantly. What is that? Well, it's not what we've been experiencing this last year. That's not life abundantly. We've been in a battle and we've been fighting. And our enemy has been attacking us with confusion and doubt. We're not buying it. We're not buying it. We're standing firm in what we believe God is doing for us, in us, and through us. I want God to impart to all of us the courage from Him, from Him, that faith and that confidence that we don't have to be afraid. In the Psalm, 23rd Psalm, everybody knows it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I was thinking about that, right? I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, maybe I'm still thinking allegorically. That's life. Life's risky, <laughs> right? I'm walking through this valley, and you know what? I'm not afraid of what? I'm not afraid of evil. I'm walking through the valley of death, and I'm not afraid of evil, because evil's worse, and I want no part of it, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of evil. That means I have the clarity because God gives me the clarity to see I can walk in the light and I don't have to pretend that a risk isn't a risk. And I don't have to pretend that God isn't alive in the world and watching over and keeping me safe either. <laughs> when I understand reality, the scope of all reality, it must exist with the presence of God. There's no other way. And anybody that doesn't see that fullness doesn't get the big picture. And in all of that, I know I can be confident that I don't have to be afraid. And because I'm not afraid, I don't have to be alone. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that everybody here is with me, that I can trust you, that if I'm in trouble, you'll help me. Right now... I'm preaching to myself, by the way, in case you don't know, right? Because this is a strange time, and we have to plan for things. We have to prepare for things, because things are changing right now. we got a vaccine out. People are getting the vaccine. We've got, uh, you know, herd immunity. We all know what that means now. Did we a year ago, two weeks to bend the curve for herd immunity? What's that? A lot of folks have had it. And we also have, I think, in that just a sense in the world that, that, you know, the cure was worse than the disease. The isolation, the lockdowns, the damage to our economy, all of those things are terrible. All of those things are terrible. God wants to break us out of that. He wants to prepare us to be outside of that. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted to say this this morning because, and I... I wish I could explain kind of everything in my thinking, but it's like the way God moves is different than the way time works. It's different than the way time works. We wait on the Lord, and we wait on the Lord, and we wait on the Lord, and then all of a sudden, He's done it, and it's yesterday. <laughs> right? We get a stirring, an inkling that God's up to something, and He is. And we need to keep our eyes open to see what He's doing. Because he wants to bring freedom. He wants us to walk in freedom and confidence and community, not alone, 
not afraid. <laughs> um, Jesse was saying that we need to uh, love and forgive, and, and I was thinking too, as you look out in the world today, and they don't know what love is. They just don't know. Uh, they get it all wrong. They've got this weird idea. To me, maybe, maybe I'm weird. I don't know. That's possible. Um, that love is all bound up in romance and the intimacy related to all that, but that's, that's not really love as love is. That's not really it. It might even exist as a small piece of it, but it's certainly not the whole. It's funny because Paul, Paul is a guy who for uh, non-Christians and for Christians alike, he says things that are troubling. You know, he becomes a stumbling block for people that say, well, but Paul said, da 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 You can't paint it. He's like, he was a man of his own time. He wasn't in tune. He's, there's so many critics of Paul because he's, he's a truth teller. Now, here's the irony. Paul is the great poet of love, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4, is the definition of love. It is, it is a poetry, and it rings true like a bell rings true. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. When we walk in love now as we are, as these changes that we're anticipating, this liberation from the oppression in the community around us, we want to walk in that kind of love. We want to have that kind of peace and patience and forbearance for those around us. The Holy Spirit is alive in us, and there's this there's fruit that grows out of that, the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's, you walk with the Lord, and He will cause this fruit to grow in you. So just being alive in the kingdom will cause this to happen. Now, we come to church, and it waters and grows and, and enriches this soil of our hearts so that this fruit will grow better. Here's the, the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5, chapter 22. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the game plan for where we're headed. That is our strategy. We want to exercise the fruit of the Spirit. If we do that with our family with our friends, with our neighbors in this world. We do that with the confidence. You know, everything we said about love, that's how God looks at you. The reason Paul was able to describe love so well is because he knew how God loved him. And God loved him pretty radically because he was, he was one of the bad guys. He was going around trying to kill the disciples. And was 
I think, at least modestly successful in that, <laughs> right? He was not one of the good guys, and God broke in on his life and changed his world, changed his whole world. He was grateful. He was grateful so much that while he would look at his own life and say, you know, I was blameless before the law. And at the same token, he would say, I was the worst of all sinners because he knew how far gone he was that God rescued him. And so this is the love that God has towards us. That, uh, where did it go? (laughs) Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. This is the way that God loves you. It protects, trusts, hopes, and always perseveres. Knowing that God loves you in that way, knowing the grace he's given you, you can afford to give grace to your neighbors. Because as we go forward into this freedom, trusting in God, we want to go together. Everybody with us. We want to help our partners. Hmm. This is a great, this is a great Lent Sunday, and I hope that as you go on, you will be you will be zealous as Jesus was to drive out the oxen. To drive out the presumptuous sins in your heart, in your life. Because we want to be prepared. We want to be prepared as God moves in our lives and in the world. Bringing back freedom. And I don't think it will be easy. It's going to be a fight to be normal. And we want to be in it. And we want to be confident. And we want to be prepared. Here end of the lesson. (laughs) Please stand and let's continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. 
Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. For all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. For near the prayers of thy people and what we've asked faithfully, that we may obtain effectually to the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and carefully offer the feast to your neighbor. that sound uh, that I heard out there, a little bit of it, uh, the sound of multiple conversations going on at once. And uh, so I I had that sound happen at my house on Wednesday. Uh It was kind of nice. But uh, so home groups started this this last week, and we're already making a few changes at my home group. We're going to go a little earlier. We're going to start at 6 o'clock. So uh, take note of these different times. Uh, we've got uh, Deacon Jesse and Haley are going to have theirs on Wednesday at 7.30. Uh, Becky and I with uh, Ed and Mia are going to meet at 6 o'clock now at my house on Wednesdays. And Sam and Norma are meeting on Sundays, and they're going to be at 5. But I just want you all to know that you're invited. If anyone hasn't talked to you yet, you're invited to come to any one of these. God is moving in them. Uh, just last week, someone got a prophetic word at my house, and it was just it was awesome. So I encourage all of you to make time to try to come to one of these home groups and uh, watch God move in your life. Yeah. You know, in fact, if you're working out right, you can eat out three times a week. I'm just kidding. Hey, did anybody (laughs) notice the amazing, amazing worship this morning? I heard no, it. No, you, you, you guys are great anyway, but this morning the Holy Spirit was here so strong and so amazing. And uh, that's what we pray for, isn't it? Well, it worked this morning. I'll tell you, I felt so good about it, and you guys just really, really hit it. What an amazing worship team. Well, <clears throat> why don't you encourage you to, uh, to, this is the time to get back to life. Don't let them lie to you. And those of you people out there that are watching, come in. There's no uh, experience you're going to have like you're going to have here corporately when you come together with us. And, uh, you know, all my outlying churches that are watching, you guys rev it up, rev it up, participate, laying out of hands and, and encouraging one another. 
But get together. Don't let them steal that from us. That's what makes the difference in the world. It's the church, and that's how the church does it. We come together. We come together, and there's a synergy. There's a power that's created by doing that. And so get your friends back in here, your families back in here, and let's worship. Amen. And next week, the clocks go forward. So take extra care to try and do what he just said. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. Let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
We welcome all baptized believers to join us in receiving the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord, and it's made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. Come if you have much faith. Come if you have little. Come if you've been here often, and come if you haven't been here often at all. Come because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him here. So come to the table this morning. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. For you've given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts. That freed from disordered affections, they may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant. It is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. And Christ, Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of the clergy. Remember, especially those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day Connie and Susan and Carl and Serena and Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonja, Marla, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Kyla, the Majeski family, the Paris family, the Craig family, Jason and Thomas and Morgan and Courtney our Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken, and as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father. We have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of Lamb. You see what's hidden under the surface. You see the beauty under the tarnish. You will find it by what you call gold. You You have intention, you 
Let's uh, let's not forget. Just because I say some nice things about you, I'm the star of this deal. That's why I get to wear all these fancy clothes. And you guys are trying to upstage me here at the show. I love you guys, really. I do. God is so good. You just—I uh, was so tied up and tight this morning when I got here. Can't imagine why. <laughs> but, uh, man, I'll tell you, the Lord is so wonderful. If we'll just let Him in and give Him His way. Let us pray together. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, You have graciously accepted us as living members of Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And You have fed us with spiritual food, in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you 
with, with gladness, gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ, Christ our Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, right now in our church, God moves in seasons and times, and there's an ebb and tide to everything, but right now the, what God is really doing is He's pouring His Spirit out on the young people. And don't miss that. Yeah, and, and maybe even a little younger than normal young people. Uh, so, yeah, if you're like even in junior high, you should be really open yourself up to, to hear from the Lord because he's, he's on the move in a mighty way, and, he, and that's where he's directing his attention right now. Us old folks, we can just hang on and support them, but right now there's such a... It's such a, a blessing and, a, and, a, and an opportunity in you young kids. So grab it. Just grab it and hold on. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world, seeking the ruin of our souls. After that. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And best of all, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. to the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.